What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Four Quarters Podcast. We are brought to you by Cesspool Network. Cesspool is a network of podcasts about things including music, TV, movies, style, and the pros and cons about everything in life. Keep it locked. This is another episode of the Four Quarters Podcast. The NBA playoffs are still going. You can check your calendar. We're in full swing. We are recording on a Wednesday night, so all of these updates are a reflection of that. First off, we got Golden State and the Clippers, who are tied at 1-1. One and one. I never, ever saw this coming after that first game blowout by Golden State, who won by a score of 121-104. to 104. Most of Game 2 was pretty much a reflection of that until the LA Clippers went on a record breaking scoring run they've never ever done this so it's pretty special they end up beating golden state i'm sure if you bet on this game you're probably extremely pissed off no one ever 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 saw this coming in terms of just a team like the clippers coming back from such an amazing deficit to beat one of the best teams in basketball history I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the next game just to see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen at this point. I know that it's going to be an amazing, exciting game, or it could be a blowout. <laughs> the next series is a series that's a little more realistic, I would say. You got the Rockets against Utah. Now, that game one was pretty much a one-sided victory in terms of Houston winning 122-90. to You have... James Harden, of course, who is one of the best scorers in the world on your team, so you're able to do that. Played 32 minutes and scored 29 points in that victory. But you got to look at these other guys that, that sort of stepped up in that victory. Clint Capella, he has 16 points, so the role players stepped up. Then you look at Chris Paul, he had 14 points. You know, you look at some other guys, Kenneth Fareed had 11. You don't expect too much out of him, but again, you got to be able to spread around the points. Eric Gordon also stepped up, had 17 points. So when you see things, you see stats like that, it's going to be hard for Utah to to beat Houston when you have a bunch of guys who are contributing double-digit points like that. Next up is OKC versus Portland. A very close game one is outshadowed by a very good marginal win by Portland, who beat OKC 114 to 94. Damian Lillard is just a madman. Okay? He's he's just he had ice in his veins the whole game. Clutch score. You're talking about a guy that had 29 points on 47.6 field goal percentage. Like that's crazy. That means he almost made half of the shots he threw up. Now, I think the biggest story here, you know, outside of the the winning percentage or or the amount of points they won by is the rivalry between Dame and Russell Westbrook. If you were watching the game, you saw these guys going at each other continuously, as they always do. They have a history of not really being too fond of each other, and they show that all over the court. Now, this last game that was played, you saw the tension. You could you could feel it. You could you could see it in the air. There was one play where Dame was going after Westbrook, who 
had the ball, I believe, towards the baseline. And he was teetering on the brink of being out of bounds. At that point, Dame had tried to poke the ball away, ended up hitting Westbrook's arm. Westbrook kind of like tilted over and fell out of bounds. It's a, a little bit dramatic, but, you know, that's Westbrook. Nothing was called, and I, I thought that was a great thing because the league has been pretty soft in terms of how the refs have been uh, officiating games. And, you know, you look at a guy wrong, you get a technical foul. You have an attitude, you get a technical foul. So I think this sort of rivalry is very good for the league. It's very good for playoff basketball. You're getting your money's worth. You're seeing two guys who are supposed to not like each other play very physical. As long as it doesn't get worse than that, no one gets hurt. I do not see the harm in it. I love this type of basketball. It reminds me of basketball from the 90s. Not to sound like a super duper old head, but these players nowadays, it's not their fault. But, you know, a lot of these guys are friends off the court and it shows because they don't play as hard. So when you see something like this, altercation like this between two guys you absolutely know do not like each other, it just makes for better basketball. So shout out to those two guys giving it their all and, you know, just keeping it clean out there. After San Antonio beat Denver, In that first game of the series, Denver came right back and destroyed San Antonio, 114-105. The story of that game is a man named Jamal Murray who came up big for his team. The Nuggets erased a 19-point deficit in that win. They were championed or led by Jamal Murray who scored 24 points. A lot of his points were just needed because this team was down for so long. You got to continue to just keep keep pressing. And you don't have Isaiah Thomas playing a shorter rotation. You're, you're in the playoffs. So Murray just has to continue to play like this. And, you know, you're also getting good points from Gary Harris, who had 23. You're getting good points from Nikola Djokic, who had 21. And Paul Millsap with 20 points. You have those guys putting out those types of numbers. You're going to continue to see Ws. So shout out to Denver for coming back and defeating Popovich and his team. Pivot over to the East, Milwaukee and Detroit. You see these two teams pretty much duking it out. Milwaukee is leading the series by one. You got Giannis, who's just been a beast as he continues to dominate every facet of the game. So if they can slow him down they might stand a chance. That first game, you know, the Bucks destroyed the Pistons 121-86. A lot of those points were in the paint. A lot of those points came from a man named Giannis Antetokounmpo, who had 24. You had role players George Hill pouring in 16. You had Chris Middleton pouring in 14. Brooke Lopez with 14. Eric Bledsoe with 15. So when you got those guys contributing like that it's going to be really hard to stop them you got the Pacers and the Celtics who won their first game of that series beating the Pacers pretty pretty good in this next game you're gonna see Kyrie come out and be aggressive I was watching this game earlier when it came on you're gonna see more of Hayward trying to trying to come in and and figure out what he what he needs to be doing playing his role which has kind of been the story of, of the season Kyrie is just going to he's going to do a lot but I think the biggest key here is for him to continue to distribute the ball in a way that gets all of his players involved 
want to get Hayward, get that rust off of him, get him going early. You want Al Horford dishing the ball out, finding guys, cutting, just doing veteran things. And you want your young guys to be confident. So if you can get a really good solid game out of Tatum, get a good solid game out of Terry, Scary Terry, it's going to be a good night. Next up is 76ers in Brooklyn, who are currently tied 1-1 after Philadelphia beat Brooklyn 145-123 to in the last game, which was a complete turnaround from the stunning loss to Brooklyn in the first game. Philly just got outplayed in that one. You know, they came back in this game too, and they realized that they were the better team. You saw a lot of easy points. You saw a lot of guys, you know, sharing the ball. Joel Embiid, 23 points. Tobias Harris, 19 points. J.J. Redick, 17. Ben Simmons, 18. You had a few guys in double figures, so when you have that, you're going to win games. One thing that concerns me is Jimmy Butler, who only has seven points. I don't know what's going on with him. He's going to need to find out how to get the ball in the basket if this team is going to continue to to win these games. It's shocking that they did win without him, So, but I don't, I don't expect him to continue to do that. Now, one controversy in this series was a Mr. Joel Embiid. Him and his teammate Amir Johnson were spotted on the sideline looking at what appeared to be text messages on Johnson's phone. Johnson uh, was inactive for the game, was seen pulling out a phone right before he and his teammate took a quick glance at the device. Everybody was kind of up in arms about it. Joel, after the game, said, obviously, it wasn't my phone. I just looked down because Johnson said that his daughter was extremely sick and that he was checking in on her. He said, I don't know, so I just looked. No, I don't think this is a huge deal. You're going to see this once in a while from guys, especially if they're not playing, they're inactive, they're going to have their phone on them. It becomes an issue if they're recording during the game or if they're they're using their phone for some other salacious activities or, or whatever the case may be. In this situation, it just appeared that, you know, two guys were just looking at a phone. It looks weird because some people might perceive it to be disrespectful, but I don't think this is a huge deal. I don't think um, the league should take any action. But the 76ers did fine Amir Johnson for, quote-unquote, conduct detrimental to the team for cell phone uses on the bench. Raptors versus Magic. This is one series that I've kind of been playing close attention to ever since Orlando beat Toronto in the first game. This first win by Orlando kind of shocked me, so I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, this isn't going to be a, a walk in the park for Toronto, so let me you know, check these games out. Now, Toronto brought everybody back to reality when they destroyed Orlando 111-82 in the last game. I'm going to continue to watch this series because I did see some things that kind of concerned me with the Raptors. Kyle Lowry needs to continue to show up in these playoffs, something that has been an issue for him throughout his career, being paired with DeMar DeRozan in the past, um, who is now a San Antonio Spurs player. You saw Lowry in the past not being able to sort of bring his team to where they needed to be. So I I think he needs to continue to be the best player that he can be for this team. Kawhi can't do it all on his own. You got um, great production from guys like Siakam, you know, Marcus Hall. You can't expect too much out of him. 
But Lowry, who who had 22 points in this last game, he's going to have to bring that same energy from the next game. Kawhi had 37. You can't expect Kawhi to, to carry this team by himself. He can, but you can't do that with playoff basketball. So now going through all these series and analyzing the games, it does feel weird not talking about LeBron James and the Lakers. This is the first time we've witnessed a playoff series sans LeBron James in almost a decade. So it is extremely strange for me not having to talk about him. But one thing that's interesting is the Lakers are without Luke Walton, their former head coach, who parted ways with the Lakers. Luke kind of uh, left the team around the same time that Magic Johnson had announced he had resigned. Um, so you're seeing a lot of people kind of giving up on the team and, and moving on. Now, what's strange is Luke Walton, just 24 hours after leaving the Lakers, agreed to take a coaching job with the Sacramento Kings. Um, the Kings let their coach go and two days later sign up uh, Luke Walton for that job. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Walton and, and this young team. You've got uh, Marvin Bagley, a good group of young guys there. So it's just weird. It's just a weird thing to see. I don't think I've ever seen a quick turnaround like that in terms of a, a coach leaving a team and then quickly right after, just days later, signing up with another team like this. So it's it's just a shocking thing. It just shows you the weird energy surrounded by the Lakers, who, like I said, also lost Magic Johnson. You got to wonder what's going on over there. And this is sort of indicative of that that weird energy. So this has been the Four Quarters Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at DrewGoesIn. You can follow our Cesspool Network, Instagram at Cesspool Network. And just keeping it locked to Four Quarters is the best way to stay involved and stay in the know for this playoff series. So this has been another episode of Four Quarters.